0: When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed
1: Wilkins, Reed Wilkins. On, on Oilers on Radio, Oilers.
0: 630
1: Chad. You've got Getzloff, who passed on a wide-open... Look in a three-on-three OT on Thursday night. He's got a goal tonight on a slapper. Fell down, and here come the Oilers. Two-on-one to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side. Dreisaitl waits. There's a centering pass. What timers score! Leon Dreisaitl for the second time this year!
2: Seidel driving the dagger deep into the Ducks. And the Edmonton Oilers are in first place in the Pacific Division with a week to go in the NHL regular season. A dramatic, hard-fought game tonight. Special teams huge in this one. Some great goaltending. Connor McDavid, another three points. Seidel, his second OT winner against Anaheim. This season, Man, oh man, what a night at Rogers Place. 3-2, the Oilers win it. They've won eight straight at home, tying a team record for most consecutive home wins. They did it twice in the 1980s. Thank you so much for joining us. It's 11:13. along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Well, Rob, it was... It was looking bleak. I mean, you knew the Oilers weren't going to go away, but Anaheim has closed out dozens of games like this over the last six or seven years, even longer, I guess. It's been 10 years since they won the Cup. But the Oilers get a power play. They tie it up, and then they take advantage of a slip by a great player in overtime to break out two on one.
3: Well, yeah, the Anaheim Ducks made some mistakes. Uh, they, they did that the other night. They're playing Winnipeg, out a lead late and, and coughed up the lead, lost to, I think they lost that one in overtime as well. Uh, a point lost, then again tonight, they, they take a silly penalty. Uh, a needless penalty by Vermette. Uh, Kajula's not in a scoring area. He's out by the blue line. He's got the puck on his back, and he can't really do anything with it. And Vermette gets his stick in on his hands. Now all of a sudden, you're given a deadly power play a chan- chance late in the game to make a difference. They do, and then on, on the power play, the Ducks had a chance to get the puck out, and they didn't. So now you're just compounding p- the problems because now you're saying, all right, here, we had a chance to get out. Let's give you another opportunity, and they make no mistake. Gets them into overtime, and then in overtime, the Ducks have strengths as a hockey team. Three on three overtime is not a strength. They don't have the speed to be able to combat against the Edmonton Oilers. And what you see in overtime, if you make a mistake, the other team will make you pay. And Ryan Getzlaff loses his footing. And the two hottest players in the National Hockey League have a two on one to win a hockey game in a very important match. And they make absolutely no mistake.
2: Anaheim Ducks are two and 10. In games decided in the three on three, they have got through six overtimes with no one scoring. They're three and three in shootouts. I think we got to give credit to John Gibson tonight and Cam Talbot as well. But we'll talk about Gibson first because he faced more shots and I thought was excellent. And even on the goal where Lucic tied it, I mean, he made an incredible save on Drysidle, but you know, Lucic was wide open on the power play. Uh,
3: no, he, he was very, very good, and it was funny. Wh- such an important game, and I know that Todd McClellan has downplayed a, a few of the games as of late, saying, "You know they're, they're, they're games, but I mean, every game's a big game." But Randy Carlisle hasn't. He's talked about the importance of these games, and then when you see him put Gibson in instead of Bernier, because Bernier was exceptional in the month of March, I think, wow, going with this guy, he hasn't played in a while, he's been hurt, now you're putting him in in such an important game. Well, Gibson certainly was up to the challenge. He was outstanding, uh, especially early in this hockey game when the Oilers could have ran away with it and then made some big saves. Unfortunately, he was just one save short uh, of getting his team that that extra point. He was good, and it, it does give the, the Anaheim Ducks, I don't know if it's a problem, but it gives them uh, a safety going into the playoffs knowing that if anything ever happened to your first goalie, you got another guy that's equally as good. So the Oilers
2: are 44-25-9. They have 97 points in 78 games. So do the Ducks. The Oilers are ahead on regulation and overtime victories. They have 40 compared to the Ducks' 39. So that gives them the tiebreaker at the moment. And they're four ahead of San Jose with four games left. So the Oilers looking very good to have home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Alright, if you're on hold, we are going to get to you 780-496-0063 but let's go down to the Oilers room for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices. Here's head coach Todd McClellan.
4: Uh, well, we recovered a loose puck um, and it was almost out and we recovered it and, and scored when they were out of position, but one of the top penalty kill teams in the league and um, nothing's easy at this time of the year we have to remind our players about that between the second and third that um, it's just not on cruise control It doesn't happen for you there's a lot of frustrating moments that that um, play itself out at this time of the year and you have to stick with it unfortunately we did
5: part of that is a guy like McDavid playing through the checking of whoever it's going to be whether it's Kessler and Gessler what did you think of this performance
4: And you know remarkable really um I've had the honor of being around some tremendous players in my day. Um, you know, Datsuk and, and uh, Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe and Sidney Crosby and those, those yeah, you can go on and on. And um, he's, he's at a very, Connor's at a very, very high level right now. He's, uh, he's separating himself, I believe, from a lot of people in the league. And, and I mean that with, say that with a lot of respect for the others, but he's just remarkable right now.
5: A lot of the players in your room when we ask about the playoffs, they haven't been there before, but are these games like battle readying
4: them? Well, we're learning lessons throughout them, and, and one of that them is that frustrating, uh, that frustration how to deal with it. Um, I thought there was kind of two games in one. There was the five-on-five game where we didn't capitalize on a lot of really good opportunities, and then there was the special teams where we were getting uh, you know, our butts handed to us uh, with two minutes left in the game, but we stuck with it, fought through the frustration, and uh, and found a way to to come out of it and and those are all learning opportunities for our team it's brand new for us
5: prior to the trade deadline Peter said that he wasn't going to do a whole bunch because he thought that the team wasn't a Stanley Cup contender yet have you made incredible strides since then or is it just what do we see
4: well we're I still believe we're a growth team and we're showing it every night we continue to grow and um, You know, the the sky's the limit for this group, but it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, We need a few players to pick their game up a little bit. Uh, But the lessons that we've learned over the last month, month and a half, we seem to learn from a little bit quicker than we have in the past. We're able to apply uh, uh, the corrections or the adjustments and stick with it. So um, we're growing as a team. We enjoy tonight. We park it. Like I, I've said all along, um, and we get on a plane, we know we're going to have our hands full uh, the next three or four. Maybe just a thought on Talbot and a special night for him. Yeah, it's a, you know, we're, there's a lot of um, forwards and defensemen on our team that get a lot of recognition, but obviously there's been uh, significant talk about him as well. And, you know, to, to Ty Grant-Fure, just that alone, just listen to that comment, to Ty Grant-Fure is, uh is uh, quite an accomplishment for uh, a goaltender that came to an organization that was at the bottom of the barrel. And, uh, you know, he's grown his game as well, and our players really rally around him. He's, uh, you know, he's uh, as much a glue piece as anybody else on the team.
2: So, Todd McClellan talking about Cam Talbot, and yes, his win tonight, his 40th of the season, equaling a team record for most victories in one year. In 87 88, Grant Feuer had 40. And what a journey for Cam Talbot, really, over the last three years. Uh, you know, kind of made a name for himself, filling in for Henrik Lundquist. He gets traded to the Oilers. Uh, you know, Rob, his first couple of months with the Oilers were, were shaky. Gustafson, for a while, was actually playing more, or pardon me, not last year, uh, Nielsen last year was, was playing more than, than Talbot. Uh, I, I know we had you know, a lot of calls saying, you know, who is this guy? we got to get him out of town. I don't think anybody would suggest that now. And, and he didn't face as many shots tonight. But a couple of huge saves in the third period.
3: Uh, and none bigger than than Corey Perry coming down on him on a breakaway. Like Corey Perry in the, in the last decade is one of the premier goal scorers in the National Hockey League and a pressure player. So there's a, a chance for the Anaheim Ducks to put this game away. And Cam Talbot comes up with a big save and, and gives the, the team that chance again. And that's all you want out of your goaltender is to give you a chance. Uh, Talbot's been exceptional. And the Oilers right now are going into... The, the last few games of the regular season, going into the playoffs, with everything going their way. Their power play, their their, their depth, their goaltending, and up until tonight, their penalty killing. Having said that, the penalty killing, uh, one goal was a penalty killed against, one was a, a silly play by a veteran player that caused the goal against. Uh, but they're going into the playoffs right now, playing very, very well, and a lot of it has been on the back of Cam Talbot.
2: Let's just talk about that play by uh, by Pouliot, where he was uh, engaged with Kessler, with Kessler, yep. and they were kind of giving each other some not full-on slashes, but some yep. pokes in center, and then. You know, Kessler kind
3: of pulled the stick out no, of his, no. his hands. You well,
2: didn't think so? No, I mean, no.
3: I'm not saying I'm not. No, they 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 got tangled inside the blue line, and Kessler tried getting. And Kessler is Kessler, and he's going to do the things that he does. And Pouliot grabbed his foot, and they, they they jarred back and forth. And Kessler gave him a little hook. Then Pouliot hooked Kessler, and Kessler just kept on skating, and the st- stick stayed on Kessler's bicep where, where, where Pouliot was hooking so you're the first mistake by Pouliot there is getting engaged you're shorthanded you're not doing anything it, it, that's what Kessler wants he wants you thinking about him he doesn't want you thinking about the game so the first mistake Pouliot did was he got engaged with Kessler well shorthanded and lost his stick so now it's a five on four power play with one guy without a stick the second mistake and this is the big one And this is the one that uh, confused me and maybe the reason you didn't see him the rest of the night. He skated well shorthanded all the way from just outside his blue line in front of the Anaheim Ducks bench to get his stick. Mm -hmm. The, The Anaheim Ducks had the puck. They took it in, and guess what? His man was the guy that got the puck in front of the net by himself. He makes a little backdoor pass to Eves, as Talbot had absolutely no chance. And if you watch the video, you see Pouliot coming back into the play. Yeah, It was just it was just a, a, a silly play, a non-thinking play. The first mistake was made, you lost your stick. All right, well, you know what? Get back into position and, and do what Getzlaff did earlier. Get in somebody's way. But to go chase the stick and now all of a sudden turned it into a five on three. And the problem for the penalty killers is they don't realize that you are now out of the play. So they all continue to do what they expected to do, and you're the safety valve. You're the offside winger in front of the net. You're not there, puck goes in the net, and that, at that point, could have been the game had it not been for the big comeback at the end of the game.
2: All right, the Oilers win it 3-2 in overtime. Let's go down to the Ducks dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's their head coach, Randy Carlisle.
6: Yeah, it's things because you know we, we take a, a penalty, you know, late in the in the third period. We didn't get the puck out along the wall. Then we take a lazy hooking penalty that, that basically forces the referee to call it and then we have a couple opportunities uh, to clear the puck, uh, you know, on the penalty kill. And we don't get it down the ice, and they score a goal there. And then, uh, you know, overtime hasn't been been our friend this year, that's for sure. And you know, we we slip and fall and give up a two-on-one, and the game's over. But I guess we just we, really what we have to do is just flush this one because we have got a big one tomorrow night in Calgary, and I expect the same type of hockey game and the intensity and the emotion that's going to be uh, displayed on the ice as well as in the building.
0: What do you make of John Gibson's plays first game in, in three weeks, and obviously he kept you guys uh, in
6: the game. Yeah, he was outstanding. Specifically in the first, uh, we didn't have much going in the first. We were slow and off the mark, and it just seems that uh, you know that early in some of these hockey games are. We don't seem to get our feet moving, and then we started to get our grind game going a little bit more, and we changed a few things and made a couple of adjustments, and then we started to attack, and next thing you know, we had a 2-1 lead with our power play. So on the road, you, you got to be find ways to nurse those home, and right now, you know, we've given up two points here in the last two games.
0: Back-to-back back with Calgary starting tomorrow, and then you play them again uh, next in Anaheim. How do you approach those against a possible playoff contender?
6: Well, you know, again, it's not any different than when we approach this one. It's one game at a time, and let's worry about what we can control, and we can control our situation if we play well. And we're, we we got to play a better brand of hockey or a more consistent brand of hockey for a full 60 minutes uh, tomorrow night versus what we did tonight. Thank you. You're welcome. Do you think uh, Kajula took, had a slash there before Verme took the penalty? Or... I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I didn't really see it, to tell you the truth. I, I was just worse focused on what we were doing. I didn't really see what he, what had happened there. Uh, I have to, at least the power play, I mean, two, two goals and two chances. going to feel good about that waking, uh, waking yeah, up. It's a, it would be nice to get more than two opportunities to practice it. We just don't seem to be on the, uh, on the uh, plus side of the penalty ledger very often.
2: All right, that's Randy Carlisle. For the Anaheim Ducks, who are beaten 3-2 in overtime tonight by the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid, three points, including an assist on Leon Dreisaitl's game winner, a minute 26 into OT. Exciting night here at Rogers Place. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with you, and we will welcome JP to the show. JP, thank you very much for calling. Hi, JP. Are you still there? Uh
7: Hello. Go I'm ahead. There. Buddy. Hello. Go ahead. I just need to leave the room. My friend just soiled himself. He stink. I have to go to a new room. Hold Uh-oh. on one sec. Okay. What a, too much beer for him. My god. I'll tell you right now. What a game. What a game. What a game. I'll tell you right now. Anyone that wants to talk about the louche. Oh, he's getting too paid, too much, too much money, too much money. Oh, he's not good. this. Come on, come on. It's time you wake up. It's time you wake up and realize this guy is a playoff veteran. You know what I mean. He's a veteran when it come to the playoffs. But you know what? I'm going to talk to Rob for one sec. Rob, are you there? Hello. Yeah, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm here, man. What's Rob, up? You are... First off, I want your autograph. I want your graph, You're a, a <laughs> hero to me. But you're a player in the game. You're a player in the game. Let's get down to brass box, Guys like the Hendricks, who are going to come into the playoffs, because they Oilers are in the playoffs, you know this. And the Lucie, these type of guys, they're comparable to guys you play with in the day. How important is it to have this type of guy in the, in the dressing room? It's, it don't matter. It don't matter about the media or, or the pan, Oh, you can fix me. Lucic's important. I want to get your opinion on this because, well, you—you're a stud. You've gotten fifty
3: gold.
7: I want you other like
3: that. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we'll we'll sit and have some wine one night, and I'll sign anything you want. As we far won't as sit uh, long.
7: I'll tell you that. right now we'll <laughs> be standing and rocking all night.
3: <laughs> as far as Lucic, and you. The importance that he is to this team, he is as a player, and he brings an element that uh, the Oilers vitally missed over the last number of years. He brings a toughness, an instant respect around the league for the type of player he is. He's a guy that holds players accountable because of the way he plays. He can talk in the dressing room and guys will listen. And Connor McDavid has referenced to it many, many times this year about how Lucic has helped him become a better leader. Now he's leaned on Milan at times. I mean, this is just a young kid that's breaking into the league trying to find his way and he's leading this team of all these guys older than him and a number of them are quite a bit older so you need some veteran presence around to help you out so when you get to playoffs for guys that haven't been there before it's a different animal. It's completely, it it just consumes you and sometimes it consumes you to the to the point where you get paralyzed. That's why you need guys that have been there before can talk you through it can tell you what to expect. Something goes sideways in a game, they're the ones that can talk in the dressing room and say, you know what, I've been here before. One year when this happened, here's how we got through it. So I think that is what Peter Shirelli has done. He's surrounded some young stars with some veteran players who have played important games with different teams and they're all bringing their leadership here. And I think you're seeing the, the success that the others are having is a lot to do with the leadership group that this team has now. The Oilers win it
2: 3-2 in overtime. The three stars tonight, Connor McDavid, the first star, John Gibson. Great game in net for the Ducks. The second star, Milan Lucic, the game winner on the power play, or the game tire on the power play late in the third is the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates.
3: Well, I, I don't know if it gets much easier than this. Yeah, I think no. you got to give a little love to the guy that scores the game winner in overtime. I thought Leon Dreisaitl was outstanding tonight. In the first period, he and Connor could have had probably four or five points alone, if not for the play of Gibson in net. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, another fantastic game, keeps his point streak alive and gets a huge, huge overtime goal that everyone in the national hockey league, everyone in the in Rogers' place and everyone that's an Oilers fan knew the puck was coming to his stick when Connor McDavid broke down two on one. He's our four star.
2: Connor McDavid, 19 points over the course of a 10 game point streak. Leon Dreisaitl, 18 points over the course of a 10 game point streak. The Oilers have won nine of their last 10. And look, Rob, we often get asked, you know, well, Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Who's the toughest opposition? Do the Oilers have any players in running for season-ending awards? You know, I don't, I don't. After Game 40, if we're asked, sure, I'll say, well, if you pick now, but we're not picking now. We're now 78 games in. So, we probably have an idea. Connor McDavid is the MVP of the league, and I right and Rob. Now, what we've seen over the whole year. And with this burst at the end, and no disrespect to Crosby, whose point per game average is around mm-hmm. what McDavid's at, I don't think it's close. The impact McDavid has shift after shift, whether he's scoring or not, and he often is.
3: I would have said 10 games ago that it was probably Sidney Crosby's to win, and I thought Connor McDavid would be a very, very close second. But what we've seen Connor McDavid do over this last stretch when the Oilers have had this push in all meaningful games. He is elevated himself. As Todd McClellan said, he's, he's putting distance between himself and the other great ones in the world. So, yeah, to me, the, the scoring title and the heart are both going to be going to Connor McDavid. I think you will see Talbot will be in the running for the Vezina. I think he's probably not going to get it from Bobrovsky. And I don't know how you do not have Todd McClellan in the mix as coach of the year. I'm not sure anyone can say they've done a better job than Todd has here. McDavid up to 94 points
2: and Dreisaitl up to 74. So the Oilers have the first and eighth highest scoring players in the National Hockey League. The 3-2 win means a $75 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That's from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. They give $25 for every Edmonton goal throughout the season, and you can follow the total on the Oilers page on 630chett.com. 780-496-0063. He loves to give us a buzz after almost every game. We're going to bring Cam to the show. Hello, Cam.
8: Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing great. Great. For the first time, I think I've called in probably, you know, 60-plus times this year. For the first time, I'm going to, you've never heard me complain about what officiating. Never, not one time. But, uh, you know, there has to be some type of resolution on the way they're going to call things uh, with a star player like that because, I mean, things like him getting interfered with and hit from behind um, like he did a couple times tonight, just some of the blatant stuff, it's embarrassing to the officials. And I I just, like, what are those guys, just a quick question, what are those guys thinking when they see a guy get cross-checked, you know, from behind into the boards and they're directly in the line of vision? How how can they justify not calling that?
3: In all honesty, I I don't think it was a badly ref game. You saw tonight was a, a playoff ref hockey game, and if you watch, and I know we haven't seen any playoff games here in Edmonton as of late, but if you go back and watch all the series that the Pittsburgh Penguins have been in, in the last number of years, that's exactly how Sidney Crosby has gotten. Exactly the Philadelphia Flyers they tried to maim him every every series that they played against him. Star players they just. It just comes with the territory. Now, it's frustrating. I'm sure it's frustrating for the players, frustrating for the fans watching. But what we saw tonight is the way they're going to ref a game when it comes to playoffs. And I thought that Connor McDavid plays through it, doesn't get involved, he doesn't talk. The one thing that where teams had success against Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh struggled for a few years early in playoff uh, rounds because Sidney Crosby would get emotional in games when teams tried to get him off his game. He would come back at players. He fought. He would slash. He'd end up in the penalty box. Connor McDavid plays through it. You know what? You're going to do this to me? All right. Next time I get the puck, I'm going to make you look silly. And that's what you have to do. And Connor McDavid, as much as he was interfered with, he was hooked, tugged, all those things, he was outstanding tonight and was by far the best player on the ice. But this is something he's going to have to get used to because two weeks from now when the playoffs start, this is exactly how every team has to play against him because they cannot allow him to have any free movement on the ice because we know what he can do if he has it.
2: McDavid, three points. The Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. They tie it late in the third, win it early in OT to move into first place in the Pacific Division. We'll finish the play with Colin when we get back. We do have some room on the open line. If you want to chime in, 780-496-0063. Exciting night at Rogers Place. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre. This is
0: overtime open line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, six thirty, Chad.
1: He was hit hard by BX, and then Kessler got it to McDavid, and now Darnell Nurse, open right wing, Briba. beautiful look, and McDavid had it slashed on a stick, and now Corey Perry's got a breakaway, down the middle of the ice, shoots, save, made by Cam Talbot, another game-saving stop for Talbot, who's made two of them.
2: Talbot holding the fort, that's his save of the game for Armor Insurance, Protect your car home and business with Armor at Armor the Oilers tie it late, win it in overtime, 3-2 over the Ducks. They're first in the Pacific Division because they have the tiebreaker against Anaheim. And I just want to quickly outline this. And I know a lot of math doesn't always play well on uh, Saturday late night on the radio, but but just because a few people are asking, the first tiebreaker is actually games played. They've, they've so but they've played the same number of games, and they'll gonna have both have 82 at the end, obviously. They both have 97 points. The Oilers have more regulation plus overtime wins, 40 to 39. The second tiebreaker is head-to-head, but they don't count the extra game in one of the team's buildings because they've played each other five times. Three were in Anaheim, two were in Edmonton. So the very first game in Anaheim back on November 15th doesn't count. Anaheim won that game. So the Oilers have six points to four because Anaheim has a couple of overtime losses. And then the third tiebreaker is goal differential. Edmonton has plus 31. Anaheim has plus 15.
3: But it'll never get to that since Edmonton has the better record against Anaheim. So that's number two. The only... Well...
2: Yes, you're right. Yeah. It, won't, it won't get to goal differential. No. It could change. I mean, if both teams went undefeated the rest of the way, but all the Oilers' wins were in yep. shootouts and all the Anaheims were in regulation, yep, then that could change. So that that could actually change. But so anyway, that's. But another. if it gets
3: if they're tied in wins in overtime and whatever, the second one goes to Edmonton, and that can't change because they don't play each other again.
2: Yeah. So if Edmonton matches uh, Anaheim, unless there's an unusual number of shootouts, then they're looking good for uh, first place. But a lot still to be decided. No. J- Japanese Village goal light tonight despite the excitement. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. You find them north side, south side and a couple blocks from Rogers Place here on 104th Street. Alright, nine six zero zero six three. We have Colin on the line. Hello Colin, what's up? Well, I I just wanted to say that, 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 that To add to what the
9: previous caller was saying about the officiating, there are some games where you just kind of wonder if they're just going to let it go a little far. I mean, I I, I realize that whole thing about, you know, star players are, you know, they kind of have a target on them. But, you know, they really need to kind of keep a lid on things. And basically what it's going to come down to is if it's a penalty, you call it. You can't be weighing it out. Well, we called this one, so we got to call another one to even it up. If you blew the call, you blew the call. I mean, Brian Nugent Hopkins—pretty uh, unlikely he was flashing anybody, but you know, I—I—I I, uh, I feel for Gouliot uh, because I think it was just kind of in his mind he didn't want to get he didn't want to get tagged for a hook. Maybe that's why he yeah, kind of.
3: That's the first of all. You second should second
9: thought. I'm going to drop the stick. Well, I know I realize that he made the mistake first, but I I, I just think it probably crossed his mind. I'm going to get nailed for a hook, and in some ways it might have been better because at least it would stop the play. But well, <laughs> yeah,
3: but but even but know? even it, 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 even putting his stick there and losing his stick. Well, that's still fine. What compounded it was the fact that he went and chased the stick. If he just goes back into his own zone without a stick, that's better than what he did because now he's a a body that is no longer in the zone, and it becomes a five-on-three.
2: But he's talking about, call. I know you're focused more on the officiating than Puglia's play because, quite frankly, I thought the Eves call was one of the worst calls we've seen in an Oilers game this season, and it it helped the Oilers. Probably second to the Jack Johnson penalty where he didn't high-stick mcdavid but he got a four-minute penalty um, so but colin your point is if the eve's call is incorrect then fine just let it go don't don't look to even it up
9: to end up you end up either letting something go that 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 could be a, an injury or it, it, it's just not wise i mean it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know when when uh, officer is giving out a ticket. You know, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give the next guy a ticket because I shouldn't have given the last guy one. You know. Well, but they're
3: not competing against just each other. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know. I, it it just all doesn't honesty, work. They, I thought if this. It, if I thought it needs to be called. Call it. Yeah, I thought I thought the refing there was is. fine. I thought there was two bad bad calls, but there's going to be always going to be bad calls. I don't think the refs missed a whole lot. I thought the game was a, a well ref game, outside of the eaves and the New job can slash. And this is exactly how it's going to be refed in, in the playoffs. They're going to be physical on, on Connor McDavid every time he steps on the ice. And it doesn't matter if they play the Flames, the Ducks, the Sharks, the Predators, anybody. Connor McDavid right now is making a case to be the best player in the world. And if the, if the best player in the world, is you're playing against him, well, you're going to do everything you can to stop him from playing. And I thought the Anaheim Ducks came in and, and tried their best at it, and they just weren't able to because he, he's just still too good and he just took everything in stride and kept on pushing through.
2: By the way, Nuge delivered an actual slash to Kessler about three minutes after he got the penalty yes, where they, s- they stood in the faceoff circle. He really whacked him in, in the arm. But anyway, uh, you know, interesting point, but I, I think you're right. The best players, uh, I mean, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, pick pick up, you know, and, and other guys yeah. in, in hockey. I, I know it's not always... I, I, I mean, I know we're not telling Oilers fans what they want to hear. No. But McDavid's going to be targeted for sure. Colin, you're going to finish the play with us tonight. You've already won an eight-day parking pass to JetSet We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit jetsetparking.com. If you're correct here, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity.
1: Drysaddle, who now has the puck, face off dot right side. Talbot still in the pipes. Drysaddle shoots, save, rebound, kick back to Drysaddle. Open McDavid, and the pass was just off the mark. Got it back. Drysaddle
2: one time, but save, rebound. All right, who got the power play goal there to tie it up? I think Drysaddle did.
1: Drysaddle, who now has the puck. face off dot, right side. Talbot still in the pipes. Drysaddle shoots, save. Rebound kick back to Drysaddle. Open McDavid, and the pass was just off the mark. Got it back. Drysaddle one time, save. Rebound score. Milan Lucic has tied the game with a minute 58 to go. Edmonton kept peppering the Anaheim net, and finally this game is tied.
2: All right, Milan Lucic tying it up late And then Dreisaitl won it in overtime. Lucic getting his 19th goal of the season. He had 20 last year with the LA Kings. He had 18 the year before that with the Boston
3: Bruins. He's right on the same pace that he always seems to be. This is though where where they got Milan Lucic. These type of games and then moving into the playoffs. I thought he was a beast tonight. I I thought, I thought he was physical. He was in the face of the Anaheim Ducks players. And a team, the Anaheim Ducks, used to push the Oilers around. I believe the Oilers are now the – the Oilers might be the bullies of the Western Conference. They're as big as anyone. They're as tough as anyone. They're as physical as anyone. And it, and it's showing they've got a swagger about them. And, and it's coming through right now as they are firing on all cylinders and playing as good as they've played all season.
2: All right. Connor McDavid, a goal and two assists, his post-game reaction for GCL Diesel, serving oil country for 45 years with genuine diesel parts at wholesale prices.
5: Uh, you know, it was, it was a great win. Um, you know, we battled back, battled with them all night. A tough team. Um, you know, we did a good job and uh, finally to we went hockey. The um,
10: power play through the night had been giving you a little bit of a tough go. What did you maybe say heading into that final one to try and calm it
5: down? Yeah, power play was bad all night, real bad. Uh, and we, we generated a few chances, but didn't really have his own time. Um, you know, huge goal for our group. Um, uh, just got just that uh, overtime when you're kind of get against a lot. So they you have some time to. Were yeah, um, kind of lucky that he fell. i um, we'll just tried to b- pounce on the puck and, and get a good first step. Um, Leon got a good step too. They had back pressure. And, um, we found a way to... to, to yeah, got to get, get big goal for the group. You guys get through the checking of Kessler and, and Geslap, you're gonna get used to that kind of coverage. I mean, is it just a battle? It's just a battle, yeah. Um, you know, we, we, you know t- it's taken a long time to figure out how, how to play against this team. Um, you know, but you just gotta bear down and, and, and try work them. and, and um, yeah, they're, they're good at what they do.
11: Okay hey guys uh Connor McDavid.
2: Ulrich work in the Oiler's dressing room uh, the Oilers captain up to ninety four points on the season along with Rob Brown I'm Reed Wilkins Edmonton takes it three two in overtime over Anaheim seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three We have Jamie standing by. Jamie thank you very much for calling tonight.
8: I think about what I'm gonna say, but uh, I'll just say it anyways um, you know what uh, I had some other points to talk about but McDavid... The thing is about him is you can actually see now that he's rubbing off on his teammates, and he really is. And they're actually playing differently, and they're playing better, and uh, it's just, it's really cool to see how inspiring he can be. Like, I honestly noticed that, like, a while back, like, dry titles, like, spitting, he actually spits like McDavid and before he didn't like like a, a couple years ago he didn't spit like that anyways and honestly like and look at Drysdale's speed like they showed it tonight on on Sportsnet there like like he didn't have that speed but what's happening is he's inspiring his teammates and they're starting to take after some of the his characteristics right and uh and like the thing is is when you truly lead by example not by words and not by bullshit, you win over your peers you win over people right
2: yeah we and pre- uh for sure jamie we appreciate it thanks a lot for for calling uh i mean dry Settle and mcdavid have been a an incredible combination for mm-hmm. uh, most of the season they haven't been on the same line uh every single game you know, I do think, and, and I, I've other great teams have talked about this, the Oilers uh, of the 80s talked about it, that sometimes practicing with guys at a high level mm-hmm. does help. If you're defending against McDavid in practice, if you're facing McDavid or Dreisaitl shots in practice, sometimes that can all feed on itself and does help the team as a whole.
3: Well, it does, and that's why there's always been the, the thought that coaches say, you know, you've know, you got to practice like you play. Challenge each other. You know, uh, Chris Russell is going to get better playing one-on-one against Sidney Crosby. You know, Leon Dreissel is going to get better when he works and tries to beat uh, an Adam Larson or when they do battle drills in the corner. Uh, I know that we used to play. We used to have battle drills where he'd stay after practice. You put a puck in the corner and then you just fight for the puck. And I always liked going against the team tough guys. Right. Because it was just, you're like, they work you so hard, and you had to get better, and you had to get smarter. And and when you're shooting on net, and this is what Paul Coffey had said, every time you shoot the puck on net, shoot to score in practice. I don't care if there's a goalie in net. I don't care if it's the first shots of the the day to warm up the goalie. Always shoot to score. It makes you better. It makes the goalie better. and, And then when you get into a game, there's no thought process. It just becomes instinct. So, yeah, I think having... The, 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 if you're going in practice against Connor McDavid, if you're playing with Connor McDavid in practice, you're going to become a better hockey player just because you are challenged to try and keep up or to try and battle against him.
2: Jack, Rocket, Tony, and Kevin, you're next on the open line. we are got to call a quick timeout here. Oilers win at 3-2 in OT. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranich Team Broadcast Centre. The regular season winding down the Oilers heating up they won nine of their last 10 they are first in the Pacific division tonight they overcome a plucky duck team to win three- two heat on the time. yeah they,
3: they, they were a plucky team tonight they, uh, they came with a little bit of snarl. They, what I liked about this game tonight was with the atmosphere and the playoff implications and the leader who was going to be ahead in the in the division and stuff there was some nastiness out there there was some dislike and this is to me as close to a playoff game as we've seen all season long I know we had the San Jose we had the LA but tonight it was two teams that understood the importance of this game they understood that they will probably see each other at some point in the playoffs and both of them were posturing saying all right this is what we're going to bring are you going to be able to handle it and what we saw tonight is yes the Edmonton Oilers are able to handle it and push back as well. 780-496-0063
2: Seven eight zero zero six three. We'll bring Jack onto the program. Hello, Jack. How you doing, guys? We're great.
12: You know um, what I wanted to comment on tonight is uh, I know that the media, you know, both on the TV and the radio, they keep talking about McDavid and his goal-scoring abilities and all that, and, and that's the, the way they should. I mean, that's what everybody's interested in. But what I think is the really big difference that McDavid has brought to this team is his 200-foot game. He's now seventh in the league in plus-minus. He plays both ends of the ice, and I've seen him steal and strip pucks with people uh, game in and game out. And we're winning games that like 2-1 games and 3-2 games and one nothing games and shutout games. and uh, That's something the Oilers haven't done in a long time. You look at guys like uh, Nugent Hopkins, who got an assist on the first Sharks goal last th- the other night, and uh, he's minus 14, and that's something that he's turning around with his team, and maybe they're trying to teach Nugent Hopkins to play some defense. He got him on the penalty kill, which doesn't make much sense, but uh, they're trying to teach some of these other Oilers that there's a different way of play the game, and uh, McDavid's doing that by example, and I think that's something that hasn't really been exemplified or talked about, but that to me is the reason why he should be a heart candidate for this team.
3: Well, I, I don't think he's just a heart candidate. I think he is the heart winner. And, and uh, Drew Doughty, and we've brought it up a few times now, Drew Doughty the other day was asked why the Oilers are so much better, what has been the turnaround. And he came out and said it. He said their their star players are now playing defense too. And it's the truth. that They've bought in. They're becoming 200-foot players. And the one way you can force a team to buy in is by having your superstar player, your leader, if he's willing to do it, it's kind of hard for anyone else not to. Because if there's the best player in the world out there right now, look at that back check. Look at him in the corner. Look at how hard he his puck retrieval skills. He doesn't give up on any battle. So if he's willing to do it, well, I'm, I've got, I'm 60 points behind him in the, the scoring race. I better damn well do it too, or I'm not going to find the ice. And I think that Todd McClellan, since he's come here, has preached the ability or preached the fact that you must play both ends he's held players accountable uh, for for defensive lapses lack of battle bad penalties and continues to do that so you have a coach that's forcing players to play that way and you got a leader who's leading the right way and that's why the Edmonton Oilers are where they are right now
2: and that's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. Oilers win 3-2 in overtime. The Bruins beat the Panthers 5-2. Nashville shutting out Minnesota who's been limping to the finish line here. 3-0. The Predators won that one. Jets over the Senators 4-2. Toronto outlasting Detroit 5-4. Matthews two goals. He's up to 30. on the season. The Canadians beat the Lightning 2-1 in overtime. The Flyers over the Devils 3-zip, and the Stars beat the Hurricanes 3-zip. Women's World Hockey Championships, Canada 0-2 at the tournament, losing to Finland 4-3, and the World Curling Championships started at Northland's Coliseum today. Canada winning 7-5 over Switzerland. They'll play Russia in nine hours. All right, we're going to keep going. We're going to go into Sunday morning. Rockets up next on the phone lines. This is Canadian Brew House Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center.
0: Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center. Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He's
1: got a goal tonight on a slapper, fell down, and here come the Oilers, two on one to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side, dry side awaits. There's a centering pass, What timer scores!
2: Oilers, three. Ducks, two. Your final. Dry overtime winner. Good morning. Thanks for staying up with us. It's 12 after, uh, pardon me, it's 5 after 12, 5 after midnight. The Oilers are in first place in the Pacific Division. Todd McClellan coached his 700th game tonight in the NHL. He gets the win, his 75th win as the Oilers coach ties him with John Muckler for fourth most in franchise history, one of many tidbits tonight. Cam Talbot, 40th win, ties a single-season franchise record with Grant Fewer in 87-88. The Oilers have won eight straight home games. That ties a franchise record. They did it twice in the 1980s. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining us. 780-496-0063, and we'll bring Rocket onto the show. Hello, Rocket. as nice
12: hello well that was the fourth point that I was going to bring up that you uh, just covered Reed so I'm not going to bring that one up but Wait, sorry, uh, which one was that uh, just uh, like the uh, parallel to the 80s with records these days with uh, this team
2: well um, yeah it's it's I mean it's been a while since they've been competing for a division championship regular season championship anyway what else you got buddy Is that all for Rocket? Okay, Rocket in and out tonight. That's okay. We'll go to uh, Tony next up on the open line. Tony, thanks for staying up, buddy. What's up?
13: Not a problem. How are you guys tonight? Doing well. So I got two points for you. First one is, yes, we've been talking a lot about it, and I'm sorry to bring it up again, but penalties when it comes to the playoffs, yes, I know you can't call everything. You can't. But when it's right in front of a referee, why aren't they calling it?
2: Which sort, Tony? Which which do you mean tonight? Because let's fa- um, let's face it here: the Oilers got a power play down a goal with two twenty.
13: And do you know what? Two, Honestly, when that happens, when that kind of stuff happens, I get more than happy because I've seen Edmonton get so many calls that weren't even against us. Against us, I can't remember. I can't tell you exactly right now when the last one was. I'm talking about the one where McDavid right at the right at middle. Oh, when Lindholm
3: hit him, he yeah. didn't cross check him though. Cross check oh, okay. is when you extend your arms.
13: McDavid okay, or, was there,
3: the puck was there, he hit him at the same time. I I I didn't think it was a penalty. I did.
13: Okay, and my second one is Russell is a free agent at the end of the season. And yes, I know it's well, you know, we still have a little bit to go. But would you resign him or no?
3: Um. Uh, I mean, he's, he's. I think he's been very good. Uh, I, I think it's going to come down to how much they, how much they want, what kind of length they want. Uh, I mean, what do the Oilers? They, uh, do they finally give Reinhardt a chance? Is Ryan taken? He could go to Las Vegas. I mean, who? It all depends. I guess who Las Vegas takes off the Oilers roster. Uh, does Russell want to come back here? Um, will he get bigger offers to go elsewhere? Uh, I, it, it, a lot of those things. Personally, I, I I think he's been a great fit for the Oilers, and if all things worked out, I would love to see Russell back here with the Edmonton Oilers next year.
2: But he's making 3.1 million. I mean, what if he wants four million a year for four years? What if he wants more? Or what yeah. if he's asking yeah. for more? Or what mean?
3: if someone else offers him more? So I mean, well, how high would you go? Well, it's not my money. I'll give him whatever he wants. Well, but <laughs> hypothetically, I, I I I don't know honestly. I I mean, I don't follow. The money part anymore. The Oilers. Well,
2: Clefbaum and Larson are each
3: making about four, just under four point two. So he would be, uh, he would be under them. Yeah, he can't make more than them because uh, where he stands on the totem pole. So I, I don't know, three and a half. Would you give him three and a half? I, he, he's good and he's helped this team he's tremendously. Like he's effective for
2: what he does yeah. and his experience what, what, helps for sure.
3: What's going to happen if the Oilers go on a nice long playoff run? There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be watching him game after game after game will it garner more interest if he plays well. So I, in a perfect world, I think it'd be great to have Russell back here again next year.
2: All right. Oilers beat the Ducks 3-2 in overtime. We have Kevin on the open line. Kevin, thank you very much for calling.
10: Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, move over, Dustin Johnson, because I have a new hero. His name is Connor McDavid.
2: <laughs> all
10: right. Okay. Um, uh, the reffing. Robbie and Reid, uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying it was a horrid ref game, but it was definitely very subpar. First of all, Biaxa, that one that uh, I can't remember, was it Hendrick That high stick? Yes. Looks like he got shot, okay?
3: Uh, well, could, it, uh, there, there got may have been some play time. out, but he did take a stick to the face. It was a two-minute penalty. Yeah.
10: Okay, he could have he got called for diving. There's no two-way spot. He barely got touched, okay? <laughs> he barely got touched on that. Okay, and then... Uh, the the eaves penalty, yes, it was a weak penalty.
3: But well, you know it was what? it wasn't a penalty. It, it was it was a bad call.
10: No, it was a bad call. You yeah. know why they called it? Because about two minutes before that, Getzlaf, absolutely boarded Everly into the boards and they missed it. So that was a makeup call, right? And that the, the guy said that before. Okay, that was a that was a weak penalty, weak call by Oni. No doubt about it. Because they missed it. The, it wasn't the other way around. It wasn't because. The penalty on Pouliot because of Eve, it was because of Getzlaf on Eve. and that one by uh, where Connor got decked—that was definitely a cross check. He could have broke his shoulder again,
3: right? I disagree. A- I, I, that's I, that's just that's part of hockey. I don't no, think that was a penalty.
10: Something like that is, something like that, Robbie. Is uh, that that's not right? Anyway, that's all I call for. Thank you.
2: All right. Wow, I've never had so many people complain about the officiating after a game. Of the Oilers won
3: on a power play late in third. Uh, which right. way, and Which was a great call by the ref. That, that was a, a hook. It wasn't a whole lot of a, a hook by Vermont, but it was a hook. It was the right call, and Vermet paid a price for putting his stick where he shouldn't have put it.
2: All right, Oilers beat the Ducks 3-2. Tough night for Ryan Getzlaff. He did score, but he fell down, and that led to the Oilers' two-on-one break in OT. Getzlaff for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions.
5: We didn't play 60 minutes of hockey tonight. I thought that first period we sat back a lot, um, but you know we played a good hockey team. I mean they're they're gotta, they're fighting for their lives too, and um, we're going to be able to finish games like that. And you know, when you blow a tire and, and three on three like that, but... yeah, it's not a good feeling. That's for sure. Um, you know it's you know my responsibility to take care of that puck, and uh, you know obviously turned a little bit too sharp and caught my foot so. Um, those things happen, and I, I got to live with it and go on tomorrow.
14: So this makes a great playoff preview, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously both these teams are, are elite teams, and uh, the margin for error is minimal. And uh, they got a late power play, and they capitalized on it. So um, we just got to regroup and go back again tomorrow.
14: What do you think, Gives them coming in after being off for so long, I and mean, like? first shift he's got mcdavid coming in two on one
5: right out of the gate yeah he asked us for that so <laughs> he, uh, you know obviously give he's a he's a world-class goalie he's played outstanding all year and um obviously we didn't want to give him that much work in the first but <clears throat> it allowed him to settle in and play his game
8: tough back-to-back actually now the edmonton calgary trips now back to where it used to be in the old days with the death valley what be prepared for Calgary tomorrow?
5: Well, it's a big game again. Uh, you know, obviously these teams are teams we're fighting with for the division, for our spots in the playoffs, and um, we got to continue pushing forward and getting our points.
1: Ryan, for Gibson coming back in and playing so well tonight. What's that going to do for the confidence of this team last week?
5: Well, it keeps it the same. I mean, our, we, we've never had any doubt in our goaltending throughout this whole year. Um, those two guys have battled for us all season. and Obviously, Bernie did a heck of a job when Gibby was out. So um, no matter who was in the net, we're good.
2: Scott Johnson working the visitors dressing room. Well, I mean, they were perfectly fine with Gibson tonight, too. Yeah, I mean, he's only played uh, once in the last five or six weeks. He was excellent tonight, 34 saves, but couldn't stop the dry game winner on a two-on-one in overtime. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. He made a great save on the tying goal on the first one-timer by Lucic. Uh, Lucic had a chance right in front with about eight and a half minutes left on a backhand that he, that he turned away. Um... There was that bouncing puck in front that he that he tracked with. I don't know if the Oilers ever got a shot there. With, I think I think, one, I think they won. I
3: think he caught it. I think Nurse got a, a, a part of it, and then that's when he caught it just before all the rough stuff and helmets were being thrown off to me oh, the, i'm
2: thinking of a different one in oh, the second
3: okay. period when hendricks and kajula were in front oh, yes okay, the yeah, nurse yeah.
2: rebound one that yeah. was a great save that yeah. was a
3: good and then in the first period the Oilers had a number of good chances in the first period. could have run away with this game and gibson came up with a big one the, the last game san jose dominated the first 15 minutes of the game mm-hmm. today it was the opposite the Oilers came out they had a great start to this hockey game
2: they scored late in the first getzlaff tied it in the second Eves put the Ducks ahead Lucic tied it late and then Dreisaitl won it in overtime. Let's go down to the Oilers dressing room and catch up with the guy who got the game winner. Here's Leon.
15: I think you, you said it right. We um, just tried to settle down a little bit. Um, you know, obviously. Um, I think it was a little frustrating in the second period our power play couldn't really get anything going no momentum um, and and that's the least thing you want you want to get momentum for your team and we couldn't really do that so it was frustrating but uh, we talked in the intermission and um, you know came out uh, came out with a pretty good power play
4: when did you I did
15: you realize that you and Connor would have that kind of, like, did you see Getz's last slip, and then what sort of a, your mindset is, like, is that happen Well, I kind of saw it in my left eye, I guess. I just saw Connor take off, and then well, it was pretty hard to keep up, let me tell you, but um, I, I just got on my horse and tried to, tried to catch up and, you know, get open for a shot. And, you know he's uh, if not the best player at the uh, at this in the league you know um finding a guy joining
10: i know you don't know what nhl playoff hockey necessarily feels like but the intensity level of these games the way you guys are grinding them out do you feel like you're getting battle hardened
15: for yeah for sure uh, i think we said that a while ago that every game's a, a playoff type huh, a game now and um you know tonight was uh, i think the best example i think we um, you know, we grinded for, for six minutes. We needed more than 60 minutes to, to get two points. And, um, you know, a lot of times um, that, that, that's what it's going to take in, in the playoffs. You know, grind it out, there won't be very many uh, scoring chances. So, um, you know, I think uh, the guys are getting used to it. And uh, that's a big, big thing for us. Thanks, now. Read that's uh, Leon Dreisaitl.
2: Thank you, Brendan Allwork work in the Oilers' room. Dreisaitl, two points tonight. He has 28 goals now on the season, one behind Connor McDavid, who got his 29th of the evening. That two-on-one, Robin. You've referenced this with McDavid before, even on a breakaway, but he's always moving the puck. And you know, and I know there's a lot of great puck handlers in the league, but even once he crosses the blue line, I mean, I know he's probably going to pass. He's got mm-hmm. Leon on the off wing, but just how he moves the angle of the puck, just even for a split second, it. Me watching from up top made me think, well, wait a minute, is, is he going to shoot? Like, he's always making the defense worry about what's going to happen.
3: Well, what he, what he wants to do is he wants to find a passing lane. And if you watch a replay of that goal, you'll see, I think it was Lindholm was the defenseman on that play. Lindholm moving his feet, moving his hand now, getting his stick. And, and every time that McDavid moves, Connor moves the puck, it puts the puck into a different passing lane. So now the defenseman has to keep readjusting so finally Connor gets the passing lane he wants and then he gets the puck across. And the longer he has the puck on his stick, the longer the goaltender has to stay facing him. As soon as he moves the puck, well, now the goalie can leave. But if it's a good pass and it's a good one-timer, the goalie has no chance. And Gibson, Gibson was close. Yep. He got across fast. But it's it still, it's the, the perfect pass where, where, where Leon doesn't have to break stride Puts the one timer on net. There's just no way the goalie can get over there in time. So, the reason Connor's moving the puck is so that he can get the passing lane, get the defenseman to move his feet, open up, get somewhere under the stick to to be able to get the puck over to Leon. And everyone in the world knew that that puck was going over there. He's just too good, and you just can't stop it. Oilers
2: take it 3 2. That was the only shot on goal in overtime, by the way. 780 Brandon, I've lost track of my list here. Who's next on the line? Uh, we will uh, bring in Dan. Awesome. Dan, thank you very much for calling. What's on your mind tonight?
16: Hey, guys. How's it going? We're doing great. I uh, just wanted to start off by saying, Rob, Reed, you guys are the best in the biz, and uh, you make my drive back to Calgary after these games very entertaining. Um, you driving back and forth to Calgary
3: after all these games?
16: Oh, yeah. for This is uh, my 12th game this year. Oh, and, good on uh, you. Good for you. Yeah, I'm living in enemy territory, uh, but uh, man, this was uh, it was a show tonight. Uh, we started the day off. We drove up for my dad's birthday, and we caught uh, draw one to see uh, shoot take the boots to uh, the Swiss. Oh, good. And then we headed straight down to Rogers, uh, right from there. And uh, wow, what a game it was! Uh, it was a as close to a playoff game as you can get. I don't really know what it feels like because I was uh, 12 years old the last time I saw that kind of hockey. But I just wanted to touch on one of the earlier callers who uh, was bringing up uh, Nugent Hopkins' defensive play and uh, using plus minus as a metric to define him. I just uh, wanted to say, like, uh, he's our matchup center, and uh, it's pretty unfair to quote that stat. Uh, he's against the toughest competition night in, night out, and at home games, Connor's uh, getting the matchup to play against the softer competition, and he's uh, nothing to take away from his two-way play because he's so smart with his stick, and he's just as good as Nugent Hopkins in his own end. But I just don't think you can discredit uh, the de- defensive work that Nugent Hopkins does on a nightly basis, shutting down the best players on the other team. And uh, I just, I just don't like hearing minus 14 being attached to him and defining him as a poor defensive player because I think he is a spectacular player in his own end.
3: Well, the one thing that I know that uh, when, at the end of my career teams started doing, they started changing the way they did plus minus privately uh, because there's there's a time, it's not fair when you're, you're the right winger and the defenseman walks out from behind his own net, gives the puck away into the slot, they shoot and score and you get a minus. So plus-minus, I understand the reason why they have it, but there's a lot of minuses players get that they have. They did nothing. You are right when it comes to certain lines, especially checking lines. When they go head-to-head against the other team's best lines, there's a, there's a bigger opportunity for them to get a minus if you're playing against a Ryan Getzlaff than if you're playing against the Jared Bowl line. So, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I believe, and I know that Todd McClellan has referenced this quite a bit, That Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Jordan Eberle are better players defensively now than they probably have been at any time in their career. And they're going to continue to get better. And that's what uh, is one of the reasons, to me, that the Oilers have had success this year. As a team, they are so much better defensively than they have been in a decade. And that's allowing them to win hockey games. And we've seen it time and time again, their capability of winning low-scoring hockey games. This never happened in the past. 3-2,
2: 3-2, the final in overtime. Oilers beat the Ducks tonight on the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard. And Dan mentioned he uh, had a doubleheader, the curling, and then the hockey, and Gushu Team Canada beating Switzerland 7-5. They'll play Russia and Sweden tomorrow. Morley Scott, cover- uh, today, later on today now, Morley Scott covering that for 6.30, Chad, so keep well, it posted. Morley's doing Morley's it. Cur- he does it all. He does football,
3: he does curling.
2: Well, not at the same time right now. That'd
3: be pretty cool. Oh, you imagine if you could actually <laughs> tackle the curlers? You can combine football and curling.
2: That would be a way to uh, change the dynamic of that game, Rob Brown.
3: <laughs> I'd be exhausted. That's a long rink. They got to throw that rock down.
2: Well, you'd be slipping on the ice. Running out. That makes the it guy. even more fun.
3: Actually, put them on <laughs> skates. You can tackle on skates. Curl. Oh, I well, think I'm coming ruin up ruin with something. Well, that would ruin the pebble
2: on the ice, though. so you oh, would not yeah, actually curl as and much. And those ice makers, they hate when you ruin the pebble. Seven eight zero four eight six zero zero six three. It's 12:22. We have Dennis on the line. Hello, Dennis. Thank you for calling.
13: Hey, guys. How you doing? Do- uh, I love the show. Thank you. Just uh, want to
14: let
1: you know the drive homes are always better after an O.L.W. And I just want to touch on how uh, Connor McDavid, he's always showing up for big nights. Hey, the bigger the night, the better he plays. And uh, how many years have we even waited to see a player like this come out?
2: Well, he's. that's why they call him generational. I, I, I mean... The the players that that people mention with that amount of hype coming into the league, uh, I mean, you go back, Lafleur or Gretzky, Lemieux, Crosby, Lindros, Crosby and McDavid. You know, yeah. those are the ones that had that much hype surrounding them.
3: And, and those players, they, and he's right, the the great ones always come up great at the big moments, and that's what separates them from from all the other players that want to be known as great hockey players. The great ones truly become great at the moments you need them. And Connor, we've seen time and time again, big moments in hockey games, big games that they need him. He has been by far the best player and tonight was just another example of that.
2: All right, we'll also go to James on the open line. James, thanks a lot for calling this morning. What's going, oh, we lost James? All right, let's bring uh, Steve into the show then. Hi Steve, you're on overtime open line with Robin Reed.
14: Hey guys, how are you doing? Doing quite well. Good, good. I just wanted to uh, give you guys kudos. Um, I listened to your play-by-play when the Oilers clinched, and I almost drove my car off the road. Uh, You guys are bringing some energy. You're doing a fantastic job, and uh, that's my comment for tonight.
2: Okay, well, we'll pass it on to Jack and Bob, obviously, because they're the ones actually on during during the game, and Jack's call of the saves Talbot was making in the final minute was incredible. Like I listened to that probably 20 times the day after, and I got excited every time. Well, the
3: best part is, we, I mean, we sit you're about you know, what 10 to 15 feet away from them in the press box. I'm a, a little higher because I'm above them, so I'm about 20 feet away. But it's almost like we're listening to the radio as they're doing the game because they are they are excited, uh, and there was a lot of excitement that night, and you could see it in the emotion that he brought to the game, and hopefully we're going to see that kind of emotion. For a long time through April, May and maybe into June.
2: Yeah, and the building's clearly getting louder, especially the last three games. And you know, people would sometimes call well, well quiet building, well, you know, Rexalls, well, aren't the fans And I mean my philosophy has always been and I and I know players will say, Robin, you've said it, you do get amped up when sometimes yep. from the fans. But the bottom line is you, you have to have a good team. I think the team initiated. Yes. <laughs> and, and after all those years of not just missing the playoffs, but not even being in a playoff race, I, I mean, I think, yeah, you're not necessarily going to come to the rank as, as jacked up as you would be as with first place being on the line or a clinching scenario on the line. But it's getting to be a, l- a louder building, and that's encouraging
3: to well, see. Well, what we, we've seen, too, with a lot of our callers that have called in, I mean, the Oilers were going to make the playoffs about six weeks ago but nobody wanted to talk about it. There was still that fear <laughs> when they were 12 points up with six games left, there's still that chance. But now that everyone is able to take a big sigh of relief and say, all right, it is coming. And now the excitement is, is obviously much more noticeable here in the, in the arena.
2: Well, and in, along the lines of, again, getting ahead of ourselves, and people will not want us to be jinxing anything, tonight's victory makes it very probable that the Oilers will start the playoffs at home. Mm -hmm. Now, they still play San Jose, so San Jose has a head-to-head game in there, but the Oilers and Ducks have 97 each. We'll see who finishes higher out of those two teams. The Oilers have the tiebreaker, but uh, San Jose has 93, Calgary has 92. So San Jose would have to outperform the Oilers by five points over four games yeah. to, to
3: pass them. No, it, it's going to be tough. For I mean, San Jose, I believe they do have a back-to-back with Vancouver, so they, just like the Oilers do, uh, I, but I just, the way the odds go and the way the Oilers are playing and looking at the competition they have going forward, I do believe that the Oilers will be starting their first playoff game here on home ice, whether it is a number one seed or a number two seed, but I do believe, yes, they will have home ice in the first round.
2: And we should point out, Talk about, you know, heading hard to the finish line. The Oilers are 9-1 and in their last 10. Anaheim 7 and 3 I mean, they, they, they have fewer yes. wins than the Oilers, but they haven't actually been beaten in regulation no. time in their last 10. Well, These were two hot teams playing tonight. Two,
3: two of the best teams in the National Hockey League right now. Uh, it's, and that's what's so exciting about this going into the playoffs. The Oilers are going in Good. They're not going like – you have a team like Minnesota. Right? I believe Minnesota and the Oilers are, what, within one point of each other? They're wild. are one point ahead. They're one point ahead. Not,
2: they used to be probably – but I'd have to go back and – 15, 14, 20, 15, yeah. 15,
3: yeah. So, so they both could go into the playoffs with the same amount of points, one on a, an incredible run and one just falling – I think they, I saw they have three wins in their last 15 games or something like that. So you want to be going in on a good note and right now the Edmonton Oilers are.
2: All right, we're going to hear from the winning goaltender, Cam Talbot, when we get back in overtime. The Oilers take down the Ducks 3-2. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the
0: Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.
2: So the final of Rogers place, Edmonton Oilers three, Anaheim Ducks two in overtime. Leon Dreisaitl, the game winner, and Cam Talbot, the winning goaltender, his 40th of the season to tie an Oilers team record. Let's hear from number
11: 33. Uh, anytime your name is... Uh... Anywhere near uh, Grant Fears' name is it's pretty special. So uh, to be on that list is uh, is a pretty big achievement. But um, it just goes to show the the kind of team that we've got in this room this year, and and how we've come together, and how hard we played. And and uh, I mean, what else can you say about the guys in front of me tonight? They did a hell of a job coming back there, and. Uh, uh, big win in overtime there. Any grand fear memories that you watch him as a kid, Did you like his style, do you remember anything about him? Don't remember a whole lot, no. Um, I mean, he, he went through his prime, uh, I think, a little bit. I mean, they won most of the cuts before I was even born, so um, don't remember too much about him. You hear his legacy and stuff like that, and uh, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, like I said, anytime your, your name is anywhere alongside his, it's, uh, it's pretty special. See this team's confidence is at all, all time high. But I don't know. Yeah, uh, we've uh, we've been playing some good hockey as of late, and that's a really good hockey team over there. And uh, we did a good job tonight of uh, uh, limiting their shots, and, and we got a lot of chances of ourselves. Uh, John Gibson made a, a lot of timely saves and big saves for them, and uh, we could have uh, put that game away early if it wasn't for him. So, uh, give him a lot of credit tonight. But uh, the guys in front of me battled really hard and and I uh, got the big two points that we needed. There
2: was a five.
11: Reed, that's uh, Cam Talbot. Brennan Ulrich
2: working late. Cam Talbot the winning goaltender. Oilers beat the Ducks 3-2. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown. We are in Rogers Place in Ice District in downtown Edmonton. And we have Kenny Mack on the line at 780 63 Hey Kenny Mack, go ahead.
14: Hey boys, how you doing?
3: We're doing very well.
14: Man, what a ride this has been, huh? Long-suffering fans are getting to such a treat.
3: Well, yeah. It's, if any if any city deserved to, uh, to see some good hockey going down the stretch, I think the Edmonton Oilers uh, fans deserve this. It's uh, been a long time coming, and they're getting everything and more right now as the Oilers not only are making the playoffs for the first time, they have a chance to win a division, and they're playing as good as they've played all season long at the most important time.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been pretty cool for how they've been able to m- move up in the standings here. And we were talking about where Minnesota was relative to the, just because now the Oilers are a point behind Minnesota. Yep. I mean, they're not going to play each other in the, in the first round. Certainly on March, after the games on March 13th, that's when the Oilers started this 10-game run in which they've won nine. Minnesota was 13 points ahead of Edmonton. On March 13th. Now it's one, so that's 18 days ago.
3: It, well, it shows you how, how well the Oilers have been playing as of late. And it also shows you how well the Anaheim Ducks have been playing, too. Because with this great stretch that the Oilers have, have had, they're still only tied with the Ducks. So, uh, two of the hottest teams in the entire National Hockey League are in the same division, paddling out, both trying to get home ice advantage for the first two rounds of the playoffs.
2: Alright, we have Robert on the line. Robert, thank you so much for calling. Go ahead. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. Hello. It's... Uh, it's uh
9: couple thoughts again tonight on the game. I, you know, I thought uh, Talbot, uh, Talbot came up big a couple times there in the third when we were down 2-1. No one ultimately gave us a chance to tie it up and then, well, win it in overtime.
3: Well, that's what he's been doing all season long. I mean, he's been outstanding, but where he really comes into play is when he makes the big save at the big moment. And when you have a, a, a player of Corey Perry's stature coming down at you, that game could have been over. Corey Perry scores, the game's done. And Cam Talbot makes a huge save right there, and, and the guys on the bench respond. They, they know they, when, when Cam makes a big save. They know when Cam's on, and they want to respond for him. They want to go out and take full advantage of the good goaltending, and they did again tonight.
2: 7804960063. We we'll welcome Todd to the show. Todd, you're on hey. with Robin Reed.
14: Hey guys, how are you? Doing great. Hey, okay, listen, uh I just got to say a real pleasure uh you know, like I drive home from these games and I follow you guys, Rob, Reed all the way. I tell you, a great run. Nice to share it with you guys. You do a fantastic job. Unbelievable.
3: Well, thank you very much. It's very nice to hear. Yeah, what do you think of the game tonight?
14: Well, it was great. I mean, it was a wonderful game. I tell you, it was a playoff atmosphere all the way through. Uh, uh, likely the most exciting game we've been to, I think, all season. And I just wanted to make a couple comments and ask a couple things here. First of all, I just wanted to comment on uh, the playoff. Darnell. Uh, uh, Darnell Nurse was really, really impressive, not only in the San Jose game, but tonight. I'm just wondering how successful can he be in the playoffs, I mean, he's becoming a real offensive threat is my first question. And the second question is, I'm sorry about that, guys. He got cut off. Yeah. Uh, so the second question is, I mean, as we are winning these big games against San Jose the Ducks, You know, for a while there, we were like, well, the Oilers want to play San Jose, who they want to play, Calgary. I think that these teams don't want to play the Oilers now. I think the Oilers are the matchup that they don't want to play. They're playing so strong. I just wanted
3: to comment on that. You know, we'll start with your second one first. Yeah, I agree. I think the Oilers are a team that can scare people. They've got a goaltender who um, is not a flash in the pan. And if you go through his quality starts over the course of the season... I mean, I, it'd be like 98%. So a team playing against the Oilers know they're going to be playing against a good goaltender that's going to give them a good game. When you play against the Oilers now, you know that uh, you're not going to intimidate them. And most teams that have stars on it, you say, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put it to the star and, and we'll intimidate them, we'll go hard at them. Well, the Oilers are as big, as as strong, as physical, as tough, as mean as any team in the Western Conference. And then you have the fact that the Oilers have Connor McDavid. And every time he steps on the ice, there's a fear. And I've played against teams, and when I played and there was players, when we played against Gretzky, you, there was a fear because you knew at any time he could do something special. Mm-hmm. You knew at any time he could take over a game. And that's what Connor McDavid is doing. So I agree. I, I don't think the Oilers are a matchup most teams want. And as for Dar- Darnell Nurse... I agree. I think Darnell Nurse, on. yeah, he's he's taking steps forward. He's, the to me, the biggest thing is his talent has always been there. I think he's gaining confidence, and he wants to be a, a leader. And on the ice, he's starting to take steps forwards into doing that. And, I mean, the sky's the limit at, at what his potential could be.
2: 112 uh, NHL games now for Nurse. And, I mean, usually you look at a couple hundred before a defenseman really starts to figure it out. And I let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Rob, because obviously the injury he had was horrible. Thirty-seven games he missed—that's a, a huge chunk of the season. Do you think, though, that maybe now he's hitting his stride as a and
3: maybe has a little more energy than guys who have played the whole season? Well, yeah. You certainly do. The guys that have played 82 games, and then he also start throwing in guys like McDavid and Settle and, and any players that played in the, the World Cup. That's a long year. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, we, we talked about the fact Pouliot misses a number of games from an injury, and he comes back, and it's the best we've seen him play all year because you're energized. You've got, uh, when you're out with an injury, you, you A, uh, are resting the rest of your body that's not injured, and, B, you are resting your mind and now you get that excitement. So the excitement that players have at the beginning of the season, now these players that have been out for a long time have that, that extra energy. And Darnell Nurse, the games that he missed, he's just longing to get back in there and the things that he wants to do and this team's doing well, he wants to be part of it. And now he's in it, he wants to do his part. And I think he's taken great steps forward and I think he's been excellent as of late. And he's a third pairing defenseman that is jumping up in the play and leading the rush. You don't see that a lot around the league. Yeah. Oilers win 3-2
2: over the Ducks in OT. We'll bring Joanne onto the show. Hello, Joanne. Thank you so much for calling.
17: Hi, guys. Um, I just um, had two things that I wanted to say. One, I remember not long ago, Craig Simpson was talking, and he said that back in the 80s, the Oilers would go onto the ice and they would never even... um, Consider the fact that they might lose. They always just thought they were gonna win. And I think our oilers are getting to that point. The Very other thing point, yeah. I wanted the other thing I wanted to say is can you imagine that Kelly Rooney said Elliot is the best goaltender in the NHL?
2: When did he say that?
17: Uh, he on TV see- uh yesterday.
2: Oh, I didn't hear that. He never said it on my show. He's on with me once a week. I guess I'll ask him about it. Yeah, because... It's the last Six weeks, Kelly, a- he'd be on a short list. If you just did the last six weeks, he'd be on a short list of best goalies. Oh, over the whole season, he has not been. No.
17: Oh, maybe that's what he's talking about then, yeah, is
2: just recently.
3: Yeah, I think in his last, I think he's nine zero and 2 or something like that in his last 11 games. So he's, he's been very good. He's been a big part of why the Calgary Flames have had a resurgence here as of late. He has been excellent.
17: Well, he just he just got the, um, the Battle of Alberta going.
3: <laughs> <Because>. <laughs> well, it's going to be a good battle of Alberta now because you have two good hockey clubs in Alberta, so the games are going to be a lot more fun to watch.
2: Yeah, and yep. and Joanne, thanks for calling. I mean, you make an interesting point, and it, and it is, and like I always said, you you have to have the this, this skill. I mean, you can, I made a joke the other night. I, I said, I'm enthusiastic about golfing every time I go, and I still suck when I play, so attitude isn't everything. But no, I mean, the, the elite players, there's something to be said for what's between the years and... I mean, look at even the interviews that the Patriots did after that. I'm not comparing the Oilers or any team in the NHL to the Patriots, for that matter. But, I mean, they were down, whatever, what was it, 28-9? Was that the worst it was? No, it was more than that. I've already forgotten. Super Bowl was only two months ago. But, you know, they said we never really thought we were going to lose. We thought we had to go out and win the next play. And we we had to chip away. You know, we had to... Start making more plays, and that's and I, I think this Oilers team—they're down two-one. It was not a good situation against a team that was checking hard. But you think, okay, oh, you don't think, oh man, we are down a goal and we only have this much time. You think, okay, we're down a goal, we have this
3: much time to solve the problem.
2: We yeah. used to have 60 minutes, now we have 15. What are we going to do about
3: it? Well, it's true. I mean, it's like when you're golfing—if you have a four-foot putt, if you believe you're going to make it there's a chance you're going to make it. If you don't think you're going to make it, if you're worried about it, well, there's probably a good chance you're going to miss it. So when you're on the bench and you're looking up at the clock, you have that belief in yourself. And a lot of that belief comes from the fact you've done it before and you've had success before. And right now the Oilers are a team that's had success this season. And they do believe every time they step on the ice that they're going to win hockey games. And that is a swagger that you want to have. And the Oilers have that swagger right now.
2: Connor McDavid, three more points three more points. He leads the NHL in scoring with 94. The Oilers lead the Pacific Division with 97 points, same amount as Anaheim, but the Oilers have the tiebreaker. They'll get tomorrow off, they'll practice Monday, go to LA, and they play against the LA Kings on Tuesday. That's our next broadcast, seven o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 8.30. Rob, thanks for staying up, buddy. Always oh, great. Well,
3: it, yeah, it was a nice day, happy, well, I guess we're no longer in April Fool's Day. It's April 2nd. Oh, it's, it's just a nothing day. All the excitement is it's gone. It's Sunday. Oh, yeah, it's a day off. Thanks to Brandon Graziano,
2: our studio producer. Troy Bowler is our engineer here at Rogers Place. You can get more on 630chett.com slash spoilers. 3-2, they take down the Ducks. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Paranis Team Broadcast Centre. Thank you so much for listening.